Megillat Ru chapter 1. Last time we discussed the first five Pesukim which detailed the three tragedies which occurred. Ra'av, famine, the death of Elimelech, the head of the household, and the death of his two sons, Machlon Vechilion. Naomi is now left completely alone. She only has her two daughter-in-laws by her side. And she starts to act. Now she arose with her daughters-in-law and she returned from the fields of Moab. For she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had remembered His people to give them bread. Naomi decides to go back to Eres Israel. Do we view this as a positive or as a negative? Rabbi Moshe Moshnino criticizes Naomi that it took her this long to realize that it's time to go back to Eretz Yisrael. It took the death of her husband and the death of her two sons to understand that it was not right to go to Moab. And only now that the famine is over, she decides to go back. And maybe if the famine wasn't going to be over, maybe she would have stayed in Moab. The Malbim takes a more positive approach. And he points to the words, Ki fakad Hashem et amo. Naomi's primary motivation isn't a practical one for food, rather a theological one. She goes back to Bethlehem because she sees that God has now remembered and reconnected to His people. Pasuk Zayin, min imah, And she went forth from the place where she had been, and her two daughters-in-law were with her. And they went on the road to return to the land of Yehuda. The milah mancha, or key word in this entire chapter, is definitely the word shuv, which appears 12 times in Perek Aleph. Note the dense cluster of verbs that are used in these two pesukim identifying Naomi. Vatakom, vatashov, vatese, vatelachna. When you have a repetition of so many verbs, one after the other in Tanakh, it could imply a readiness, an eagerness, an enthusiasm that accompanies a person's actions. Naomi can't wait to go back to Eres Israel. Additionally, these cluster of verbs altogether could imply hesitance or apprehension or some kind of nervousness. Rashi connects us to Bereshit, another place where you have someone departing and many verbs are used repetitively. Yaakov flees for his life from Esav. And Yitzhak sent Yaakov and he went to Badan Aram. And Yaakov listened to his father and his mother and he went to Badan Aram. And Yaakov departed from Beersheba and he went to Haran. There too, Yaakov is eager to get somewhere that's safe for him. At the same time, he's definitely hesitant, worried, troubled as to what the future lies in a land in which he's not familiar with. Naomi as well has this complex dilemma. On the one hand, she wants to get out of this place which has only been sad and disastrous for her. On the other hand, she's most likely apprehensive, nervous of going back to Eretz Israel. Why? Because her family picked up and left at a time which the people really needed them the most. She's going back and she doesn't know how the people are going to react to her coming back. Are they going to view her as a traitor? Are they going to welcome her? Are they going to diss her? Are they going to ignore her? We'll see soon. Naomi says to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each woman to her mother's house. May God deal kindly with you as you have dealt with me and the deceased. 
Naomi starts to push away her daughters-in-law. Why? Probably because she understands that there's nothing for these girls in Eretz Israel. No one's going to marry them. They don't have any relatives there that would take them. And probably Naomi doesn't want them to come because she doesn't want to go back to Eretz Israel with two Moabite women. It probably won't receive the best reaction from the people. Either way, she definitely speaks nicely to her daughters-in-law. She recalls the kindness that these two girls performed onto her and to the deceased. What kindness is she referring to? Probably the basic kindness of taking care of the deceased when their husbands passed away. And accompanying Naomi thus far from Moab to Eretz Israel. Naomi blesses her daughters-in-law. She hopes that they find rest and that each one finds a husband. She kisses them and they all start to cry. They respond back to her, No, we're going to return with you to your people. And she responds back, Naomi says, Go back, my daughters. Why should you come with me? Do I have sons in my womb that they should be your husbands? Naomi continues to insist back. Go back, my daughters. Because I'm too old to marry. And even if you say that there's hope for me to marry, and even if I had a husband tonight, and I had born children, Pasuk Would you wait for them until they grow up? Would you shut yourselves off for them and not marry? No, my daughters, for it is much more bitter for me than for you. For the hand of God has gone forth against me. Naomi insists to Ruth and Orpah that they go back because she has nothing to provide for them. On these Pesukim, there is much debate as to the status of Ruth and Orpah. Are they Jewish? Did they convert? Or are they still Moabite women? Ibn Ezra and Rabag and others argue that they for sure converted. There's no way that Mahlon and Chilion would marry these women without converting them. Rashi, Ruth Rabbah, and others argue that in fact they did not convert. As from our Pasuk Yurbet, Shovna ben go back. Meaning, go back to your land. You're still Moabite women. You're not Jewish women. And if they were Jewish, there's no way that Naomi would send them back when they're already Jewish to a pagan culture and society. Either way, Naomi definitely doesn't think that there's anything for them in Eretz Israel. She uses an interesting term, Kimarli me'od Mikem. Mikem could mean for you, more than you, or because of you. If you translate Mikem as for you, it would mean that Naomi is saying to her daughters-in-law, I really feel your pain. I don't want you to suffer anymore. Don't come with me and suffer. Go back and be comfortable in your own homes. If you translate Mikem as more than you, Naomi is saying, listen, I've suffered much more than you. Leave me alone. (laughs) And if you translate it as because of you, she's almost blaming Naomi, uh, Ruth and Orpah for the fact that all of this disaster had occurred to her family. She doesn't want to have anything to do with them anymore. Pasuk Yudalid Vatisena kolan vatifkena od vatishak orpah lahamota 
Virut Davkabah. They raised their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Rut cleaved to her. This word, Davak, is used three more times to describe Rut in this book. Rut is a Devuka, a woman who is able to cleave to another person. This is the very opposite of selfishness. Selfishness which prevailed during the times of the judges, which prevails in the culture of Moab. Rut is able to put aside her own interests and focus on the interests of another person. No one can blame Orpah for leaving. Orpah did the rational, logical thing to do. There really isn't anything left for her in Eretz Yisrael. Rut goes above and beyond. She's not willing to let this woman, Naomi, go all by herself back to this land. Rut's actions are really extraordinary for following her mother-in-law. And as we're going to see, she does a tremendous amount for Naomi. But Naomi still pushes back. Pasuk Naomi says to Ruth, Look, your sister-in-law returned back to her people and to her God. You go back with your sister-in-law. Just a small grammatical point. On the word Shava, the cantillation mark or the stress is on the Shin, the beginning of the word. So here Shava means already returned, or Pa has already returned. But for example, in Megillat Esther, Baboker hi Shava, the stress is on the Bet, the end of the word, that makes it continuous or present tense. Naomi really uses every argument she can to get Root away. She says, listen, go back, your, your sister-in-law went back, you should go back as well. In response, Root makes one of the most remarkable res- speeches. Pasuk tetzayin, Vatome Root al tifkeivi leuzvech lashuv meacharaich. Kilasher telechi elech, uvasher talini alin, amech amiv elohaich elohai. Vasher tamuti amut, veshamekaver, koya ase alonai vechoyosif, kiamavet yafrid beniu venech. Ruth says, do not harm me by requiring me to go back from you, to return from following you, for where you will go, I will go. Where you will lie, I will lie. Your nation is my nation, your God is my God. However you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. So shall God do, and so shall God continue to do. This is a swear, that only death shall separate between me and you. Ruth is determined to stick with Naomi wherever she goes. She even uses an oath, Koya Aseh. This term, Koya Aseh Hashem Yosif, appears 12 times in Tanakh. And usually it's said by someone who is in a very emotional state. Every time this term is used in Tanakh, the name for God that's used is Elohim. Only two of the 12 times is the name Adomai used, the name for the national God of Israel. One is here in Ruth's proclamation to Naomi. And the other is in the book of Shemuel, Perekaf. Yonatan, the son of Shaul, swears to David that he will protect him and have his best interests against Shaul. It's remarkable that these two times, these decisions, lead to the establishment of the Davidic dynasty. Pasuk Yurhet, Vatere kimit amesetil alehaititah, vatehdal daber elea. She saw that she was determined to go with her, so she stopped speaking to her. From here, the Gemara of Amor 47b learns a lot of halachot 
regarding conversion. First, before we accept the convert, we have to push them away, dissuade them from coming, explain to them the difficult laws that they would have to keep if they do come into the fold. But you can't push them away too strongly. Just like Naomi eventually gives up and lets Ruth follow her, so too, once we see that this convert is determined and committed to coming into Judaism, we allow them to come in. Pasuk yutet vatelachna shetehem ad bo'ana betlachem. So they both went on until they arrived to Bethlehem. And when they arrive in Bethlehem, the entire city is astir on their account. And they say, is this Naomi? These women in Bethlehem who react to Naomi's arrival act as a sort of a chorus. They comment on a situation on our behalf and elicit a response from the main character. Naomi's response is very bitter. Pasukaf. Vatomer alehen altikren ali Naomi. Kren ali mara. Kihemar shadai li meod. The women are in shock at the state that Naomi is in when she returns. She left very, very wealthy in a full state, and now she's back and she's poor and she really has nothing. Naomi recognizes this. And she attributes it to God. She understands that God has punished her for the sins. She uses the word Shaddai, a name of God which invokes power, strength. That God used this strength and power to punish her. It's almost as if Naomi is telling these women, Listen, I don't need your slack for what, everything that has happened. I already received my punishment. God has already recognized my sins. He's already punished me. I don't need you guys to comment on everything that has happened. Naomi's fears come true. She's now welcomed nicely in Bethlehem. The terms that refer to Naomi and Ruth coming back to Bethlehem, reminds us of Abraham and Yitzchak when they're going to the Akedah. They use similar language. But over there it adds a word. They go together. Even at a tense, stressful time, Abraham and Yitzchak are united. They go together. But Naomi and Ruth, Vatelachna, Shetehem, not Yahdav. They're not united. They're not on the same page. Naomi doesn't really want Ruth to be with her. She understands that Ruth being alongside her doesn't put her in a favorable position with the residents of Bethlehem. Naomi continues in Pasuk Kafalef. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why then should you call me Naomi, seeing that the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has dealt harshly with me? This word ana in anabi could mean one of two things. It could mean affliction, in which case Naomi is, is saying that God has punished me or afflicted me. Or it could mean testify, like This is Naomi's admission. She admits that God has testified against her, that God has recognized her sins, and she recognizes it. She understands that everything has happened from Borei Olam. The concluding verse of our chapter sets the stage for the rest of the story. Pasuk Kafbet. Naomi Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, is with her. They returned from the fields of Moab and they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Naomi and Ruth make perfect timing. There's food, there's harvest, 
And as we're going to see, there's finally a chance of redemption for this family who has received so much suffering.